The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about a hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from the previous day, so be sure and check that out if you missed it up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you've got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there, so good morning to you guys, and uh, great to have you there. And while you're there, please subscribe to the channel at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, and then we're also streaming live on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there, and we appreciate those guys giving us a spot on their platform. Right up under where we're streaming live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, That's all the articles we have for the day at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the Morning Show Archive. So be sure and uh, sign up for that, and those go out each day, late afternoon, early evening, uh, if you want to keep abreast of the things there at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then finally, uh, be sure and check out our store. Again, Bradley's book, Soldier of the Cross, is there. Um, we have the bundle. It starts at $34. You get the book. You get a shirt of your size and also one of our dog tags, uh, silver or black, your choice. Uh, that is in our store. You can get there through the store link off of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com or go there directly at The Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the in front of it. The Sons of Liberty. Squarespace. Dot com, the sons of liberty dot squarespace dot com. And then just to let you guys know, uh, as this is airing, I will be on my way uh, to Michigan. And um, so, yeah, I'm by the time you guys are hearing this and we are pre-recording, I wasn't fibbing, we're lying. But by the time you guys hear this, I'll be probably somewhere in the air <laughs> going towards Michigan with a layover in Chicago and then uh, finally ending up there later this morning. Uh, but for those of you who are interested, you're in or around the Grand Rapids area, uh, Bradley and I are going to be 
in Caledonia, Michigan at 3555 68th Street Southeast tonight. I don't know what the place is because I can't tell you, So, but that's the address. So if you put it in, I guess it'll take you there, right? <laughs> and then tomorrow night on Friday, Bradley and I will be in Marshall, Michigan, 800 East Michigan Avenue. And, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot of people. I've got some people who are texting me saying, oh, we're going to, you know, try to make it out there, bring the kids and stuff. And so I'm, I'm excited to see some of the people who are part of the SOL family and uh, who've just been, uh, many of the people who've written me have been great encouragement to me. So it'd be great to meet you guys face to face, maybe get some hugs in and, you know, chest bumps or whatever we got to do there. And, uh, and we'll have a good time together. And I know that a lot of you guys will come out there uh, to hear Bradley. I'm going to try to keep my thing to 45 minutes to an hour or something like that. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about men uh, tomorrow, uh, tonight and Lord willing, and then tomorrow night, Lord willing, we're going to be talking about militia, and those two go together, M&M, right? Uh, so those the two things go together, and I think that you'll find it very edifying, um, and hopefully there's a lot of people, in fact, I know some people are already in that mindset there, so hopefully it'll be edifying for them as well as encouraging others to join in that and to do what we need to do as men, all right? Okay, so today... We're going to be discussing some of the stuff that's coming out in the news now that we're hearing about this white lung stuff. It's supposed to be another Chinese thing, right? And, uh, of course, we aren't buying any of that here, okay? So let me just say that right off the bat. We're, we're not going to go with the official narrative. We're going to question all of it, just like we did the convids, just like we did the variants, just like we did the monkeypox and everything else. Uh, and to hear, here to help me do that, we haven't had her on since I think, I think the last time we had her on was just right after Red Pill Expo, uh, in August. And we covered the bloodlines issue, which was a fascinating, uh, talk that, that, uh, Dr. Lee Merritt had. And it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Dr. Lee Merritt. Good to see you. Hey, thanks. And, and, uh, as it says on my new background, I just put up for this. This is a chance to change somebody's reality. This week. <laughs> yeah. You got that. Because you, we got to get out of the false reality that gives them the possibility of terrorizing us with these, I, I call it disease whack-a-mole. You know, they, um, they, every, I swear what they're going to do is whatever this disease is, they're going to name. What they're really going to do is they're going to take the COVID tests into the back room. They're going to change the label, bring them out, and then they're going to use them for the testing for this. That's the way it is because the whole thing's a scam. And I know it's hard for people to get that, but it, in a nutshell, there's no, there is no uh, infectious disease that I can come up with that is more damaging to children than to adults. If you tell me this is from the vaccine, I'm going to tell you, well, okay. But why is why are we not seeing adults being reported with this problem with the vaccine? Uh, if you tell me this is just a new virus, I'll tell you every time that the flu comes around, it's not children that die. It's the old people. So why is this children? And I will just I'll cut to the chase here and opine that what did we see happen during covid in America? We put up 5G towers all around the schools. What is the first symptom of electromagnetic frequency radiation disease, what used to be called telelike symptoms. It's 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 irritable. It's an irritable lung that gives you a dry cough, dry hacking cough, fever, and you know malaise and the other things that happen. Yeah, nervousness sometimes. 
But yeah, it, start, it always starts. The first sign of, elect, for most people, the first sign of electromagnetic frequency damage is a cough, is a lung irritation. And that's what we're seeing. And why would it be chill? The one thing I can think of just off the top of my head without even, even you know, breaking a sweat is that it was something to do with the fact that they put all these 5G towers up. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. Every time new technology has been rolled out since what? Uh, the early 1900s, actually going back into the 18, 1800s. 1850, when we laid the telegram. Laid the telegraph, yeah. We never had a flu season until then. Yeah, okay. and then, and then it, was, have- it was very deadly to people. Uh, due to the fact that they had not experienced any of that. And so there was not this time for the body to adjust to it, to fight it off and all these kinds of things. And it wasn't a contagion, which I don't know, Dr. Lee, have you seen, there was a thing that I put out the other day, there was a lady on Substack and she had requested from the CDC, all the studies of the flu, convids, all this other stuff that are called contagion. She wanted the studies that showed they actually were contagious, that you could pass them on to other people. And she kept requesting and requesting and requesting, and uh, they didn't give her anything. And so finally, after eight months, she said, look, just send me whatever you found. And they still couldn't send her anything. Right. And I guess the question is, is, are you aware, because you've recently come through some of that stuff too. You, you've recently yeah. questioned all those things. Is there anything that you've run across that shows, that actually demonstrates that people can transmit a disease from them to somebody else? And what would that be? Well, the one thing, okay, so here's what I did. First of all, I, I, I started looking at the literature myself on transmission of disease. And I found out it's all quickly devolves into algorithms and computer modeling. So they have some kid with chicken pox or something, not chicken pox, maybe it was measles. I think it was measles, for example, in a doctor's office somewhere. And then four other people came out with measles or something later in that that event. And so then they started doing these airflow studies in the office. But that's not a controlled study. That doesn't show you, you know, a, a real. if you really want to know if this was true, what you would do is take a completely normal child and put it in the, you know, put it in the same room with a, with a child that has the disease and see if it cha- if it transmits something. Now, we'll talk about chickenpox. I know what people are out there thinking, well, how about chickenpox? And I'll get to that in a moment. That would be step one. The next step is you have to be shown that it's transmitted by the air. And that gets a little more complicated, but you could do it. You could have a child, you know, breathe into a, a bag or something, and then you breathe it in, then you put it on the other person. You know, in 1918, when they tried to prove that it was transmitted by the air, they had they had young volunteers, the same kind of demographics of the people dying from this disease. The military conducted this with John's, uh, with the uh, public health service in Boston. And they had volunteers get down over the face. They said, when you go in the hospital, don't touch anything. Don't touch the, the, the dying, but just put their, you put your face over the face of the dying. And when they breathe out, we want you to breathe in. And there was zero transmission of the great pandemic of 1918 by that method. They couldn't transmit it to horses by putting a feed bag on a sick horse and transmitting it. They couldn't do it. So I look back at my, my own, I have four generations of medical books in my, in my house. And I thought, who, who, how far back am I going to have to go until I find out that we don't talk about viral disease and it as trans and as the as the paradigm of transmission of disease. It turned out I only had to go to my own books. 
and I, it's been so skewed since the 1970s that we've forgotten what we were taught then. And when they tried to tell us about transmission of disease, they didn't talk about viruses. They talked about parasites. We know that you can transmit tuberculosis, parasites. You know, you can transmit certain types of diseases. But what they've not proven is transmission of these, you know, invisible flying unicorns we call viruses. That's never been shown that I can find. And that's what this guy, this gal, find out from the CDC. They didn't have the evidence either. That's In incredible. Fact, that's incredible. Now, here's the thing: I want people to get. Um, <clears throat> again, we're not here to scare people. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to inform people so that they can look at things logically. They can think critically about it. And this is a big deal because what are they centered on? One, they're attacking our health, and number two, they're lying about how these things that they claim exist. Are getting around, but what they're not doing is talking about the stuff we talked about, like with the rollout of 5G, um, right. the the new technology that's there, and we're going to see it as long. I, I hear that they're already uh, getting ready to roll out a 6G, uh, the sixth generation here, and so the more they do that, each time they do it, people are getting sick, and they get sick in different ways, but it's basically the same kind of thing. It's like a flu-like symptom. And we did a show, and I'll have it in the archive, you and I did, on <clears throat> the Spanish flu. You were talking about 1918. And you were talking about the tests that they did there. I think they did 300-something tests, different things. They even took stuff out of the people's mouth, out of their nose, out of their eyes. Right. And put it in they healthy people. And they get could, it couldn't get it transmit. Yeah. So as a father of 10, I've seen this all the time. We could, we could have the whole house sick at once. We can have one person sick. We can have... Two or three, they could be scattered out for days. And you would think if they have something that's contagious, logically, wouldn't that thing be in a continual cycle in your house? Because as soon as you get better, somebody else is sick and then they're passing it on to somebody. And then, <laughs> I mean, really, wouldn't you think that it would just be a, con a continual sickness that just sits in your house? Yeah, I mean, they always have reasons for things. For example, they tell us that in the winter, the reason, and, and, and by the way, why do they even want this? Because you see, first of all, it's the magician waving his hand and not letting you look at what's really going on. They don't want you looking at this 5G stuff because when they get this fully implemented, this is a kill system, okay? They don't want this, this paying attention to that. But the but the other thing is, it's a great anti-human agenda to make make me make me believe that I can make you sick. I can feel guilty about it if I don't wear my mask. If I don't, you know, they can convince us that standing apart, that not singing in church, that not that wearing a mask actually is it makes a difference. Now I can make anything. So what, let's suppose it is electromagnetic. I can turn on uh, the electromagnetic new five G in Wuhan, China, and then I can get a bunch of people sick. And, it, and, and interestingly, see, what I'm saying fits everything we saw. And I'm not saying it's just 5G. I think there were other contact pathogen poisons that they, they mixed in with this. But the point is, you could, you could do it with electromagnetism. We kind of know how this works. You could turn on 5G in Wuhan. And I remember all the, the big epidemiologists saying, oh, this is the biggest R-naught value we've ever seen. And we all learned this term, R-naught value. Well, some of us knew it. But it's basically how fast a disease transmits between people. And it essentially... You see, it sounded it was so out of proportion to anything they'd ever seen because it wasn't being transmitted sure. between people. It was being created by a, a frequency. And then they could turn it on in Wuhan. I mean, turn it on in Lombardy. And then they could turn it on in New York. And it looks like it's creeping across the world, but it's really not. You know, you could and you could do the same thing with poisons. I could spread a poison in Wuhan. Then I could spread it in Lombardy. Then I could spread it in, in New York. 
I could make it look like it's transmitting and, and I can make up all sorts of stuff and make you afraid, but it's just, we have to get back to what we've actually had proven. And I, I think the other, the other problem we have here is that people think, Oh, we know that the government can lie about things, can hide things, can, can skew the truth, can, can fudge numbers on, on economics. But how can you do that with science, right? Science is proved, you know, you got people checking their work and you got, you got serious people working on this all over in universities. How could they all be lying? Well, I'm going to tell you how they did it. <laughs> if you, since I've talked to you last, I know how they pulled this one off. And this starts back in the 1930s. Okay. So it turns out, and it also has to do with the front men. You know how they push people out to the front that they want you to pay attention to. Like, like Klaus Schwab, you know, he's just a parody of himself. He's, sure. he's, he's the ultimate Bond villain. And then when we weren't looking at him closely enough, we were we were starting to look at like the Ukraine war or what was else was going on. Then they put a picture of him out on the Internet in a see-through negligee uh, kind of flu-flu white thing, uh, terrible. And he's naked on this. Naked on the beach. beach. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, that burns into your brain and you just want to scrape it out. Yes. But that's what they do. They put somebody forward. And then they, so you're not looking at something else. So they've been putting this whole thing forward. And, and one of the things I discovered, for example, they, they put forward the idea of the skull and bones society. You know, they got us all interested in skull and bones. Ooh, those guys, bad dudes, you know, they're all, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bush Jr. And all these guys, these big rich guys. But it turns out there's one even more sinister probably. And that is the scroll and key society. And I'm not, I'm not here to say I can prove that the actual thing is sinister, but this is what happened. The guy, the guy that started virology, that is the grandfather of this whole mess, his name was John Enders, okay? And John Enders, you know, my dad had three doctorate degrees, but he, he and I, I still wear the ring that he used to pawn to pay for his education and then go back and pick it up. We made a few bucks. He worked on road crews. I mean, he was the typical 1930s Alger Hiss, um, you know, story, not Alger Hiss, the, uh, uh, the, you know, the story of the self-made man. But John Enders was not that guy. John Enders is the guy who was inherited $19 million in the 1920s, took himself to Yale, where he was a member of the Key and Scroll Society. They're the big money, more exclusive club at Yale. And then this is interesting. When you start looking at, who, at people, you'll find out that sometimes their biographies give them away, that they're not, they're, they're, they've been synthetically created. Something's wrong here. And we can't prove it because everybody that's around it at the time is probably dead. But John Enders then went to, off. he took some time off of Yale, and it said that he went off to be uh, in the war, a pilot in the Air Force with the rank of ensign. Wait a minute. No, no, there are no ensigns in the Air Force, all you veterans out there know this. I mean, the ensign is a naval, it's only in the Navy, okay? Now, now I can I can understand how if you were introducing me on a podcast, that kind of mistake could be made. But this is the Nobel laureate biography. These are these are this is a rarefied crowd. They don't make mistakes like this. So what's going on there? Then the other thing is um, he claims that he went from Yale after he graduated and went to Harvard and he got a Ph.D. in immunology and bacteriology. But guess what? I started thinking about that once I saw this thing about the ensign. I said, wait a minute. Immunology. I kind of remember the 70s. That was a new specialty. Well, it turns out I was right. It turns out that Harvard's first immunology PhD was allowed to be granted by their board in 1974. 
So this guy is not there's they they pushed this guy forward as somebody famous. They gave him research that he apparently did, and or and I'm not sure he didn't do the research. I don't know this part. I'm just raising some suspicions. You know, Wikipedia doesn't even mention his PhD. They just say he's he's the father of vaccines. But here's what he did. He claims that and 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 you cannot get. By the way, you can't. Why can't I look at his research? All of his research. And and that uh, that pertains to this and the predecessor's research from the 1930s that is the basis of what he did, they're all behind paywalls and institutional firewalls you can't get at. Don't tell me about evidence-based medicine when I can't get at the evidence. Yeah, the sure. Hiding, they're hiding what we should be able to look at to understand that what's really going on in the world of virology today. But we can't look at it. But fortunately, they couldn't hide his his um lecture that he gave for his for his Nobel laureate. So that shows the data and how he did it. And this is the story of virology from the get-go. In the 1930s, there was a guy, uh, and I don't know where this came from because I can't get to the literature. You know, I don't have the authority. But but he, but Enders is in his lab one day with like a medical student and this other guy, and they decide they want to start looking if they can culture viruses. And so that just says just by happenstance, we had this this um, uh, container of the Lansing poliomyelitis, poliomyelitis virus in the closet in the lab. Okay, great. So they pull this stuff out. Now I first tried to find out. Okay, where did that come from? What's the Lansing poliomyelitis virus? And again, can't get to it. Those are all why why for even for economic reasons. I mean, I kind of under, understand that they want to you know not have people have free access to stuff that costs money to publish. But from the 1930s, it's like you're not making money on that, so just let it, let it out there. But that you can't get at that. But he but so but he himself, Don um, Dr. Enders, uh, presumably Dr. Enders, he says that he calls it virus in the form of an infected suspension of mouse brain. So right there, they don't have a picture of a virus. They don't have electron microscopes back then. They don't have a have a they don't have any culture done because this is what he's working on for the very first time. They don't have anything, but they claim they they equate a virus with this infected suspension of mouse brain. So this is they've already assumed it's a virus, even though they don't have any proof. And then they culture it in embryonic cell tissue, like muscle and fibrous tissue from embryos. Where did they get the human embryos? That, that, in the 1950s, that's kind of interesting. But in any case, they noticed that the amount of clotting was what they determined showed how much virus, that there must be virus because it's clotting the blood. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think it takes, you don't have to have a science degree to question the logic here. Oh Maybe yeah, it's, this is this is absolutely ridiculous. But but I think I think the reason yeah. it's like that it's confusion, and I want right. to take people just real quickly and just make the point. You know, the scripture tells us that God is not the author of confusion, and usually right. what happens is, you know, Doctor right. Lee is when we break things down, it's that whole Occam's razor. You know, the simplest explanation is the one that. I forget how that goes, but it, it, usually yeah, that's the, the most likely to be right. Most likely to be right. And and yet what we're getting is this runaround. And now you and I were down there in Texas uh, for the Healing for the Ages. And they and I think Brian Artis is right on in how they were doing this stuff as far as the people getting the venoms. And that was being done. And then the talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, the electromagnetic frequencies being used to make those what are those things? Those lipids? I, I don't. I'm learning all these new, lang, new, right. new well, terms. He, he, using he was, them yeah. to 
to propagate faster, and they actually had the the uh, evidence to show that they were doing that. Right, and and I cautioned them though. I said, look, you got to remember, ultimately, you can't come to conclusions based on a, on a on a search of the scientific literature, because the scientific literature is basically being published. The publishing houses for all medical scientific literature, for the most part, is owned or operated by the intelligence services. So that's the other thing I've discovered. Interesting. And yeah, no, in nineteen in the in the nineteen forties during World War II, it turned out that well after the war, it turned out that there were two famous scientists, um, Alexander Fleming, who discovered penicillin, and Charles Galton Darwin, who's the grandson of Charles Dar- Dar- Darwin, the explorer. They went to the British government after World War II and they said, hey, we, you know, we need better scientific publishing. If we could have shared information around the world, we wouldn't have gone so blindsided by what was going on with the Japanese and the Germans and everything. And, and the British government, without hesitating or without even contacting a publisher, said, yeah, no problem. We could do that. Now, why could they do that? Because it turns out that Butterworth, which was the biggest scientific medical house in the world at that time, was owned by the British government and not just any part of the British government. It was owned by MI6, the British spy agents. Wow. <laughs> so, so yes. So then they got together with the Germans and they bought Springer. They got Springer and they, they put it all together. It was called Pergamon. And you're going to love this. Whom did they ask to, to be the editor in chief? A person with, as far as I know, no scientific background. It was Robert Maxwell. Now, uh. Robert, yeah. Yeah. He's not only, he was not only a spy for the British in world war II, but presumably he's a double agent because he's buried on the Mount of Olives. So he yep. was a Mossad agent. And Which then leads the us to Epstein and, and right. his little... He's also the father of Ghislaine Maxwell, That's right. the pedophile consort of Jeffrey Epstein. And it gets even crazier if you want to look at this. When we all, you know, the, remember the Broward County Sheriff, this is about a year ago, I think, and he, he, was at, he was at a uh, press conference and somebody asked him about the pedophile case that was going on in Broward County and the Disney employees that were involved. And he said, well, it wouldn't be a, a good pedophile case if we didn't have Disney employees involved, implying that they're always involved, right? Well, it turns out that Bob Iger, who was or is the CEO of Disney, he named his oldest son Robert Maxwell Iger because Robert Maxwell is his best buddy, apparently. Incredible. You know, it reminds you of, you know, I don't want to get off on the whole Israel thing, but I I, I just want people to kind of understand Israel's really not our ally the way we're told they are. They're 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 involved in our elections and the quote unquote security there. We we did several articles on that. Um, they, They draw us into their wars. I mean, this whole thing with Hamas and all they they they're the ones that were controlling Hamas for their own benefit, just like the CIA did with Al Qaeda and ISIS and such. And so I, I want people to get that in the midst. And by the way, we do look to Israel as boy, they were an incubator for this whole shot stuff. I mean, they were. I, I got so many oh, yeah. stories of people saying they're forcing this stuff on us and it's killing us. Well, exactly. And, and I'm just going to say early on, one of the very first things that I discovered, this is February of 2021. There were these two, uh, they, they had Israeli citizenship, but they were, I think, living in France, both of them. Um, Irv, uh, Herb Seligman, who was an epidemiologist, I think in Marseille at the university, and Haim Yativ. And he's an engineer. And they got together and and they they wrote this. It's an online paper, but they wrote this paper and they said, look, we're not we're not uh, we don't have a dog in this fight. We're not involved in production, manufacture or concern about this vaccine from a financial standpoint. But we have children living in Israel and we want to know what's going on. So what they did was they got the official uh, government data from the Israelis and um, 
they looked at it and this was at, this was now keep in mind they started in mid December of 2020 with the vaccine in Israel. The the president uh, of Israel, I mean Benjamin Netanyahu, he went to the Pfizer. He you know then went to he probably in bed with them. So he he said, oh yeah, no problem. We can be your petri dish. We can be your experimental lab. Our people can be your guinea pigs. I'm making that word wordage up, but you know what I mean. He offered the people of Israel to be the experiment for the COVID vaccine. That's that Incredible. is demonstrable. Yeah, that's demonstrable. And 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 so you had the perfect laboratory situation using humans. You had an entire country. They were not going to get the Moderna or the any other J&J or anything. They all got the Pfizer and they all were it was all given through this government push. So they encouraged everybody to get it and everybody get the vaccine, the updates and all those different things. So anyway, but this is early on. So from mid-December to mid-February, they started looking at these numbers and then they were horrified and they started putting this out on the internet. And they showed that if you had taken the COVID vaccine and you were over the age of 60, been a while since I looked these numbers, so I don't know if it's 60 or 65, but you were over, you were one of those ages, that you had a 40 times more likelihood of dying of COVID than people that didn't take the vaccine. And if you were under the age of 30, it was, it was like 160 times more likely. But there weren't there weren't as big numbers because these were young people. But the point is, it was dramatically increasing the so-called death by COVID. And then when they looked at just the better the numbers, by the middle of February, 12, 12.5% of the of the citizens of Israel had been vaccinated, but f- over 50% of the COVID cases were in vaccinated people. Well, COVID deaths were in vaccinated people. Yeah. So what, what good did the vaccine do here? for him? Yeah, what good did the vaccine right. do? Right. And well, not only what good did it do, it was killing people. Objectively, yeah, it was. they thought it was killing people, but they couldn't stop it. And then the, then what happened? The government could quit putting out the data. So they mm. couldn't get out. That's yeah. that's the con that's the way they do it. So it so the there was never, in my opinion, this was if you want to go back in time, I don't think there was ever a virus. Um, because flu isn't a virus. Once you get to the idea, and that's the other point about why John Enders is so important. It's it, you know, the way that they showed what they called a virus, they never proved a virus. But within one year, and this also never happens, within one year, he was given the Nobel Prize for this paper that he wrote. And again, there's no virus seen on electron microscope. There's no virus that's proven in this paper, but he gets the Nobel Prize. And it nobody ever goes back and looks because now you've got a Nobel laureate saying we've proven that you can culture viruses and this is how you do it. And here's here's something that everybody can do. A high school student could take this challenge up. If you go on Google and you uh, or, or DuckDuckGo, whatever your search engine du jour is, you, you go to a search engine and you, you ask it to look for how to make an isolate of bacterium. Okay, and you'll find very clear steps. Uh, My dad, one time when I was about 10 or 12 years old, we were talking. I don't know why we got on this subject, but we decided he decided to teach me how to isolate the bacteria in my nose. And funny that we chose the nose. So you, you took the swab stick, you put it in the nose and we put it on a sterile Petri dish that had blood auger on it. And it makes multiple different colors of, of as the different types of bacteria, because you've got multiple types in your nose. You put them on the, on the Petri dish and you'll have these different kinds of colors of dots that show up on the dish. And those are each a little colony 
produced by a type of bacteria. And then to make sure you have a pure isolate, you pick one of them that you can easily get out without touching the others. Under sterile techniques, you sterilely move that to another Petri dish and you smear it on there. And then you grow it and you can see that this is one color, it's one type of bacteria. Then you put it under the microscope and you see one type of bacteria under the light microscope. Can I ask you something about that? How yeah. Once you separate it out and you put it on this other Petri dish, how do you grow it? How, are, are you adding just other things to there. it? No, oh, you just, like, no, it's just sitting okay, there. Okay, so this isn't grows. like their isolation where they're not isolating. They're like combining it with all kinds of other stuff, right? Different thing? Well, I mean, I'll get to that. That's okay. the point. Okay. Is that... That this is what people, and, and then people also have in their mind, this is what you, what we learn in biology 101, right? How to do this. So this is what most people with some science background have in their mind happens. So when we heard that viruses were isolated, and I'm telling you, I mean, I had, I, I have 17 years of, of medical education, essentially, and postgraduate, and, and I'm going to tell you, I thought they could do it. I didn't know, I never questioned that they weren't isolating viruses, but just go on the Google, now look up how to isolate viruses, and very quickly, it goes from, you know, uh, it, it goes right into algorithms on a computer. In other words, you don't do it this way because you can't. You can't see it. You can't pick out one colony and isolate it. So what they do is, they have to put it in a petri dish and they can do all these machinations and they then look under the they 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 mix it with a bunch of stuff to keep bacteria and other things from growing so you've got all these poisonous things in there they put it literally with cancer cells and some other types of cells and then they put it into the um when they finally think they claim that cell dis cell degeneration uh cyto what they call the cytopathic effect and this is what this comes from the work of john enders he claimed that cell death is a sign that you're you've got virus now once you had <laughs> once you believe that wow. what he said which is not true uh, how can that how can that mean anything yeah but cell death can be caused by so many things but he determined that in his lab cell death meant it was viruses in a culture so now what they're doing is they're looking at cell death as a as an endpoint of this process they take this slurry then and they put it under the electron microscope, which takes another 10 steps to get to. I used to work in an electron microscope lab and they get a black and white photo. And this photo shows little granules that look just like they call exosomes. They're, they're all sorts of particles in, that cells get off when they're, when they're dying. You have, you have dying cells in there. What, what are they giving off? So they're looking at it under electron microscope. And here's the other thing that they're making a mind virus out of. They, because we're used to seeing pictures of moving like paramecium and, and single-celled organisms under a micro, under a light microscope, people kind of assume that's what you see under an electron microscope, but just you can see smaller stuff. That's not at all what you see. You see a still life black and white photo. It's just, you know, I, I give a lecture and I show this, I show these pictures and I show one of exosomes, I show one of viruses and I said, tell me which is which. You can't. And they're not very scary looking, which is why they had to do all that CGI of the, the blue scary ball thing sure. with the spikes out of there. Sure. That's all CGI. It's computer generated image. That's not an electron micrograph. Um, when you actually see an electron micrograph of, of what they call SARS-CoV-2, you kind of go, meh, really? That's it? You know, you're not, it's not scary at all. And it doesn't yeah, look like anything. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that you're putting here, let me, I want to bring some scripture into this, uh, you know, and I know we're talking science, but I think real science validates what creation does. Uh, and it, it should point, it really should point us back to our creator. Uh, and instead what it's being used is being right. used to manipulate people. It's used to lie to them, to control them, to get them to, 
I mean, for lack of better term, commit suicide by taking some of these shots and things of that nature. And I just want to hit a couple, about three or four little passages of Scripture that I was thinking of uh, as we we're going to talk today. And then I want to hit on, I want to see how this translate out into what we're hearing about now with this whole white lung thing. So when we go to John chapter 8, you know, Jesus is confronting the Pharisees. These are the guys who claim they're Jews, but they are not. And he tells them, even though they say Abraham's their father, he says, no, 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 your father is, it's not Abraham or you'd be doing what I say. So John 8, uh, verse 41, it says, you do the deeds of your father. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. Then said they, then said they to him, we're not born of fornication. They heard the story about his alleged virgin birth, but they don't buy that. So they think, well, you know, Joseph and Mary were, you know, getting it on before they were married and all this other stuff. So that's why they say that. And then they say, we have one father, even God. And Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. And then he tells them this. Year of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. So, so he's tying them with their father, the devil, who is a murderer, and he's clearly a liar. And he says that here, he says, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh the lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. And so I think this is a this is a big deal Dr. Lee that I think needs to come to the forefront because what you're what you're showing here is the very thing of what Ephesians 5:11 tells us is that we're to expose the works of darkness and then we're to bring prosecution towards it. We're to bring justice on it when they do these things. These are a couple of others. They're they're short little passages. They're out of the book of Proverbs. But here we also see about lying. Remove the the writer says, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Riches feed me with food convenient for me. So the writer is saying, Lord, take away the clouds of the lies. Take away that deception from me. Give me the truth. Then he goes in chapter twenty nine. He talks about rulers. He says, if rulers, if a ruler hearkens to lies. All his servants are wicked. Hmm. Have we seen rulers hearkening to lies during all this? Yes, we have. And then this final one here from Proverbs 14, 25. A true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. And Dr. Lee, this is one of the reasons I have you on is because I know you're in it kind of like Kate is. You're you're learning these things. You're putting, you're trying to you know, sort these things out and give people the truth so that they have a, a basis as to which they're seeing some of these things that they don't they don't know a lot of these medical terms and they don't know a lot of these this history and stuff like that. So I think they, they it can go hand in hand with what the scripture's saying because men are always lying to us to deceive us and many of them, quite frankly, just want to kill us. And we've talked about that before as well. Yeah, honestly, that that's exactly right. That this whole this whole idea that we're gonna Oh, we're going to help people genetically and all this stuff. There's a quote that says uh, eugenics. Remember that that, what we call genetics now was eugenics back in the 19th century. And it says, this is a quote, and I can't remember who said it. It says eugenics is the 19th century British, British intellectuals mantra of pseudoscience 
couching discrimination under a blanket of genetic human improvement. And, it, and it's not just that they're not just going to improve our genome. They're going to kill off people they don't think deserve to live. That's what this is about. So what they're and I'll tell you, you know, you said something earlier about um, that. God doesn't provide confusion. It's it's clear. Well, I, I don't remember who said this, but I've, I've come to this conclusion myself, is that when you are, I, I got it from somebody, and they said, when you can't figure out what's going on and it's very confusing, think abject evil. I, I really think that's what the point is. Absolutely. It's, yeah, that, it, that sounds great. It, they're, they're actually creating this confusion to keep us from figuring it out. And it's the Truman Show. And how did they have to do, you know, Truman, they only had one guy and they couldn't control him with 30 people in the control room. How are they controlling eight and a half million or billion people with maybe 300 of the top dogs? You know, the way they did it was they took over science. Now, I changed my background to show my favorite quote these days from Winston Churchill, but the world is made darker by the by the light of perversion, perverted science. That's what they did. And they owned, they took over the scientific publishing. They put their people in place like John Enders way back. I mean, this goes way back. Who knows who Pasteur, who's paying Pasteur really? He, you know, on his deathbed, he admitted, he lied that on his deathbed, he gave a diary to his son-in-law and he didn't want it to get out. But he admitted finally on his deathbed in this in this book that he had written that he never got a pure uh, uh, isolate of bacteria to cause disease. You know, wait a minute. Interesting. <laughs> You're the father of, of this whole idea. So yeah, who knows how long they've been pushing out their people that we see as just normal people, but their people to be to be co-opting co science. You know, Sigmund Freud, what did he really uh, give us? And I know that the psychiatrists are probably going to balk at me saying this, but one of the things he's done is his, his emphasis on all the sexual uh, ramifications of childhood and what, what people, you know, the Oedipus complex and all that kind of stuff he gave us. It does allow people to dismiss stories of, of abuse, of sexual abuse. That's one of the things it did. And the other thing is, who's his his nephew by twice by two family lineages? His nephew was the guy who wrote propaganda, who's been who's the uh, what's his name? He's the um, I can picture him. I just oh, I remember that book. But yeah, he wrote it. in the th He was he's the famous uh, Tavistock graduate that that became the father of American advertising. Okay, because the goal of the Tavistock and American advertising is not to necessarily just sell you a product. It's to change the thinking of a mass population. And and so the fact that he, this guy's related to, to Edward Freud, Bernays, not by, not by Edward Bernays. Thank you. Yep. It's not by accident. Yeah, not by accident. There are these people. And so I would say that John Enders, people look into him, they're going to find his research is spurious, is, is, is specious at best. And I think really a high school uh, senior, a serious high school biology student would would dismiss it and certainly wouldn't grant it a Nobel Prize. But that's the basis of, of believing in these viruses. Now, if it's not the viruses, what can be happening? Well, we have a long history in this country of working uh, on tactile bioweapons. We have evidence that we helped the South African Defense Force in, you know, touch contact pathogens or contact bioweapons where you get it on your skin and it kills you or it gets, makes you sick or whatever. And, and Karen Kingston found this patent about smart hydrogel that, and we keep hearing about hydrogel and hydra and all sorts of stuff. There's they have a kill switch that. in them. What's that? Some of them have a kill switch. I mean, that's even linked in right. the patent. 
itself. Right. And so and so here's the point. What they show you in the smart hydrogel is it's smart because it changes its shape under a wavelength. It's kind of an optogenetic. It is optogenetics. This is what they call it. And so this this thing, we have we have a pathway called the ACE2 pathway that was part of the getting sick. And if you and and now that I'm listening to Brian Artis and talking to him about this, the that that pathway is closely connected to the nicotinic pathway where snake venom hits in. So whatever the, the situation is, but what we can tell you is there's this pathway and they've made hydrogel that can fit this pathway if they if they it doesn't fit the pathway in one state, but in another state, after they blast it with a with a frequency wavelength, it fits the pathway. That's what you would expect to happen. That that explains what happened in Wuhan, to be very honest. That they spread something around, it got into people, and then it it didn't make them sick until they turned on this wavelength. And as soon as they turned on the wavelength, that's the the, the 19 right. October or something. That was the first patient yep. that showed up with the so-called COVID, and it got worse as they cranked it up. I, I think that it makes the most sense. And, and I can tell you that even the bioweaponeers, reading and, and following the Russians for a long time and our people for a long time, you know, we've spent a lot of money. I mean, the Russians had had intercontinental ballistic missiles with nose cone cooling. Now, you don't need nose cone cool cone cooling for nukes. You need it for bioweapons. They had a huge, I mean, Vector, they had these huge labs. They were producing tons of this pathology, uh, pathogenic organisms in, in vats. But at the end of the day, what they couldn't do is get it to aerosols right to be a real problem. Okay. They could not, and, and, and there's something then, yeah, and we couldn't either. I'll just tell you. And so that's why in later years, it seems they went to contact, pat, contact poisons and um, what's the other one? Oh, and arthropod vector diseases. In other words, insect-borne diseases. The the artificial mosquitoes, for example. I don't know if that's what they're doing with them, but you could put, theoretically, you could dose mosquitoes. That was one of the thoughts that had been done to get Zika going. I don't know about that, but whatever it happened, th that's what they were looking at. They were looking at using insects to then infect a population with something bad. And there, and it looks away, like we got it, away from aero, aerosol, which means it's not flu. It's not what we flu is not an aerosol, an airborne disease. Is this not tied in with what we see with the release of all these GMO mosquitoes? You know, their their idea is always this. I'd be afraid of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, they're releasing them by the millions, and it isn't just in Florida. It's all over the place. And we we did a show where I showed Bill Gates's. Uh, uh, mosquito factory, if you will, down there in Colombia, where they turn out like 30 million of these things a week. Uh, these and, and who allows the government to do that to us? In other words, yeah. where is it being voted on by anybody? It's not. Who in their right mind would vote for a GMO bug bug to be released? You know, they couldn't even do it. Look at every time they've tried to mess with nature, they move what was it rabbits to uh, or whatever it was to Australia and they overpopulated and took over the, you know, and they, the, those stupid Japanese beetles they brought to America that are, they look like ladybugs, but they're actually not. And they bite you and they make this horrible stink and this horrible, they never work. And now they're going to do it with GMO. Anytime you see anything GMO run away from it. Well, yes. now we can't because they're going to fly into our homes. They're going to become mosquitoes. We have to, you know, we, there's, we shouldn't be afraid. We're not here to be afraid. The point is that they're not, if we know what they're doing to us, 
you can protect yourself. That's right. And 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 after you've put on the armor of God, and after you've gotten that your spiritual wellness, then what you do is you do the things that we know now matter. And this is why they didn't want you to have anti-parasite medication. You should take anti everything they didn't want you to have. They didn't want you to have vitamin D. Better take vitamin D. Um, then then the other one is detoxification. They didn't want you to have chlorine dioxide. Better start on chlorine dioxide. You know, I can't advise that because I don't want to go to jail. That one is so that one is so important to them sure. to put you in jail for talking about it. So yeah. these are they they as powerful as they think they are, they're not really able to take us down. I They've agree. been trying for this forever. The only way they're taking us down is when people accede to the evil by letting themselves be injected. Now, I know some people got fooled, and there's a way probably out of that, too. I have I have suggestions on my website. I know that Carrie Mahdi and other people have suggestions. There's We've lots done of that things as well. There. Yep. Yeah. And we and we we know that some of this works. I mean, we don't put stuff up that does we haven't seen improvement with. So uh, oh, Brian Artis, he just brought out this liquid EDTA. So if you can't afford the time and energy to go get chelated by a, uh, a an IV chelation site, which works, that that I'm pretty sure works for a lot of things. Um He's got an oral oral uh, thing you could take, and I'm actually going to get some of that for for uh, myself and my family. Now I do the chelation otherwise too, but there's a bunch of this stuff. I I'm telling you, I've had people get cancer after the vaccine and got rid of it with parasite medication. I've got a protocol on the website how to deal with parasites. I've got a vaccine remorse protocol. You know, don't don't let them lie to you twice. They told you it was safe and effective. And then they told you, then they want to make you think, oh, we've modified, we've modified your genome and your genetics. And so you can't get yourself out of this. No, that's, they can't do that. They just don't, don't, they don't know how to tell the truth, do they? They just, they lie and they lie. Listen, the scripture speaks about this issue of science. And then what I want you to do is take the things that we've led up to. Let's talk about this new thing, you know, this white lung thing. Um, and it, as we close out the show here, but you know, the Bible warns us, I, I mean, it's relevant. Yeah. I know this was written 2000 years ago, the new Testament here, uh, first Timothy six twenty. What does Paul warn Timothy? Oh, Timothy, keep that, which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane, uh, and vain babblings and oppositions of science. The, the term is pseudoscience. That's what's there. So-called. Right. So there is a real science. And how do you know that, Tim? How do you know there's real science in the Bible? Daniel chapter 1, verse 4. Listen to what it says. Remember the children of Israel were taken into Babylon, into captivity. Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding. What, what is that? Yeah, that's science, real science that looks to the creation and seeks to glorify God in understanding that creation. That's the point of science. That's what real science does. And right. such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and tongue of the Chaldeans. So what what the what Daniel 1 4 is talking about is about these young men who had been taken captive. They come in and they recognize these guys are pretty smart fellas. And why 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 are they why are they knowledgeable? Why are they wise and understanding and all of this stuff? Well, they're there because they obeyed the Lord and the Lord blessed them. And so even their their enemies recognized uh, their abilities that God gave them. So there is a real science and there is a pseudoscience, and that's what you're talking about. So when we look at this white lung thing that's going on right now, what can we learn from that? Because I do believe knowledge is power of overcoming right. our fears. If we're fearful about what we don't know. That's usually how it works. 
That's that's exactly right. Yeah. So how does that's that work exactly in right. this case? And what what do you what do you suspect is going on with the white lung stuff? Well, the first thing I'm going to tell you is, and this is what we were just saying a minute ago. No matter what it is, there's certain. In my opinion, there's five steps, at least six, maybe you need to take, and get right with God. Treat your own parasites because. All of this is causing your immune system to take a hit. They're, they're coming after your immune system. They can't come after your genome. I don't believe that. But they can come after your immune system, and they can knock it down, and that will allow parasites to come out. And that's what we're seeing in the military and other people when they get cancer, turbo cancer. It's parasites. Trust me on this. Just you know, Don't trust me on this. Do your own research. But you can look it up and, and see what, what's going on out there. But, but so you treat your own parasites, you detoxify yourself, you supplement your nutrition with a balanced nutritional supplement because you, the, food, the food's been attacked, the soils have been attacked. And then once you've done all that, um, uh, the other thing that you need to do is electromagnetic frequency uh, mitigation. And I would tell you, I mean, I do it in my house. I do it on me. I wear it on me. And, you know, I've got it on my website. It's EMF Saul. You can go to the link. But the other thing is, I wouldn't, I pull my kids out of school. If there's a, if there's a 5G tower near your kid's school, well, I'd pull them out for a lot of reasons. And I know that a lot of people on this are probably homeschoolers. And I, for, and just in the in fairness, I did homeschool. My older son was homeschooled until he went to seventh grade, my younger son till fourth. And, and I'm going to tell you, uh, you don't have to be a teacher to do it. You just have to care about your children. And you don't, and if you're, and you don't have the money to do it, you can get with other people. There are churches getting involved, but the point is, the schools are are there now to damage your children in psychologically, spiritually, and and physically. And now they're going to possibly vaccinate your children without your child even knowing about it. You know, this is the thing that, and I think this was a Jeffrey Epstein funded, Bill Gates funded thing through MIT. They were working on these micro needles, and they look like just putting a band aid on your kid. They put look like a little Band-Aid, but they've got little tiny micro needles that then put in the injection. And the idea is it's going to make vaccination so much less painful for children and less scary. We'll just put on the Band-Aid. It'll have a smiley face on it and they'll be vaccinated, but they won't know it. And you won't know it. So I, I wouldn't trust my I, if it were me today with small kids, I would not have them in public school. Amen. Amen. Period. There, you know, there's one thing that my friend Bill, he he runs healthforalloflife.com, and he was talking about the things that you were speaking of there. He said there's three key things to taking care of the body. Nutrify, yep. detoxify, yep. and energize. Those are the three things you need to sustain, you know, good health and things. So they're attacking this stuff. So we've got about a minute here. I might hold you over just a little bit. I know we, you and I usually go an hour and a half, two hours, but I don't really have that time tonight because I've got to get a lot of stuff done so that I can be yeah, on that too. flight in the morning that we're talking about. But how does this then go into this white lung thing? And how, I mean, how are, are, are they just using the same playbook? Because that's what it looks like to me. They deceive you with what it is. They deceive you with how they came about it because they already knew what they were doing. And then they offer you no real help in the matter. They offer you a way out, like off the earth kind of a way out, like six feet under. That's That right. seems to be their remedy for things. You got about 40 seconds. Before you answer that, let me let me just let you tell people about your website, and then we'll, we'll let you answer on the other side. People can pick that up at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, my website's themedicalrebel.com. Okay. And uh, I'm also, that's where I have all the data I try and put up there and, um, you know, different fun things. I've got my favorite of the week. I actually think is kind of funny this week. It's a, I always have the meme of the week. And we have a podcast that we run on Monday nights that helps support the war effort. And it's 
good information for you to get through the winter, that this winter is going to be bad, I have a feeling. And and why is it going to be bad? It's going to be bad because people got vaccinated. And you're going to see the vaccine being people, I think, take take a dive, some of them, and, and unnecessarily. I mean, I'm not here to be doom and gloom, but just like so much, you got to repent to get out of it. You That's right. Get out. That's exactly right. Dr. Lee Merritt is going to continue on with us. SonsofLibertyMedia.com, Rumble, Sons of, Liberty, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page. Hang on, we're going to continue that. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio. And Dr. Lee, just let's take a few minutes just to kind of focus in on this latest thing that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, and you gave a great, a great explanation for uh, the issue surrounding how they had it coming out at different times so close to one. And I know it's easy for people to buy into because they think, okay, well, yeah, we, we've been told our life you can pass this on to somebody. You know, we're, we're supposed to cover our mouth when we cough. Right. And, and I think really the issue is so you're not spitting all over somebody. <laughs> that's, right. that's very that's what, rude. That's why, and that's that's the only reason we wear a mask in the operating yeah. room. We never wore a mask to prevent you from spreading some little invisible germ. It was to not spit in the wound and to drool in the wound or have your nose drool in the wound and to not have blood get splashed on your face. That's really all it was. And and so we knew from the get-go this was just nonsense. But but yeah, I think what's going on in in China, the first thing is if you, as I have, if you've come in your heart and you believe, as I do, that there's no evidence of viruses, then what could it be? Okay. Well, the first thing we can say is it could just be that uh, the, it's a vaccine damage. Okay. People, we know what the vaccines are doing and the British God love them. You know, it's kind of like they said of the Nazis, they were evil, but they had good record keeping. Well, the British uh, Health Service, they have great record keeping. And they were able to say early on, it looks like people's immune systems are that take this vaccine are being diminished, you know, in a very sequential and progressive manner. I mean, that it's 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 nonstop. It keeps getting worse. We haven't seen an end to this. Well, so that was the first thing we heard. Now, if that's what's going on and, and we have ev- other evidence for that. If you're if it's damaging your immune system, you would still expect that adults would get it more than children. So that doesn't make sense. Why it, that it's just it can't just be the vaccine. Now, and the second thing is that almost any disease that we want to mention, children are less damaged by it than adults. So, um, I mean, if it were a brand new disease, now why is has, that? Can you help us understand why it is that children? Immune- yeah, because children's immune systems are fabulous. Yeah. You know, they absorb things. They they can absorb the nutrients of their food better. They are not we're we we get progressively toxic as we get older. That is that is a major factor in aging. We just get accumulated toxins, and children don't have that. So their immune system's on high burn. It's it's working like a hundred percent. Ours might be 60%, whatever, but theirs is 100%. So the, it isn't, you know, think of the flu season, the normal, what we call the flu season. It isn't the, the young kids that go down. It's the grandparents. Yes, you have some kids that get the flu, but it's not very many. It's the grandparents. The older you are, the more chance you are of dying, the worse your immune system is. Now, and the other thing is children are outside more and outside gets you sunlight and sunlight is a huge healer. Okay. Activity and sunlight. So they get they are they are all the things that we should be when we're 80. We should yeah. be active, we should get sunlight, we should we should eat everything and we should have a great immune system. That would be great. Well, they do have that. So they don't they're not the ones that get sick. But why are they the ones that are getting sick now? And the only thing right now I can think of 
unless they purposely dose them with something in the schools that we don't know about over in China. But now it's coming to Ohio. It's already it went to the Netherlands, Denmark, and now it's in Ohio. You see how they do this? They roll out the news stories so you believe that it's, sure. that it's happened. Now, I left out one thing. It could just be a psyop. It may not be just children. They just might be saying that. Because remember, when COVID came out, the news was nonstop. Oh, 12-year-old dies of COVID. And then we found that the picture of the of the 12-year-old, at one place they showed him as a guy and another a boy. Another place they showed him as a girl. And then two different news stories in two different locations, two different names, but it was the same person. So dying of COVID, you know, because they wanted to make it. It's always more tragic when a, when a 12-year-old sure. dies yeah, sure. or a four-year-old dies. So that could be a psyop. It may but, not be as bad but for children. Let's, but yeah, let's go back to that because we were told that the children were the least affected yeah. by the convids and, and then the more the story rolled out and the longer the shot started going on the more it started going oh we need to get the kids vaccinated we, well wait a minute they're not even getting sick what, what, what are we right. talking about doing this for and you can tell that they have an agenda behind that and again yeah. you're right when they play off the emotions talking about the children look any life that's lost whether you're 80 or whether you're you're younger due to something that government's doing to you or they're putting in your food or your water or your air or whatever the case may be it's just as tragic as far as far as I'm concerned you're you're taking somebody's life you're indiscriminately playing russian roulette with the whole population and uh, and and you know you're doing that i mean that's what all of these studies have shown all of the uh, things the FDA tried to hide about Pfizer trials for 75 years. The first batch of documents showed that, that we they knew, they knew it was killing people, and they still rolled it out and told you it was safe and effective. I'm just lying right, like and, we, and, and quite frankly, we, we as physicians that were paying attention knew before the rollout. I mean, the minute or at the time of the rollout, because we, we, we knew before because we looked at the basic science that you shouldn't take these. And we knew at the time because we read the EUA critically. And it didn't tell you what they claimed. It didn't say 95% safe and effective. At the best, that EUA showed it was only 19% possibly effective. Wow. Okay. But wow. no, and, and that took that took because they hit it in the numbers. I mean, I didn't figure that one out. I knew it wasn't what they were saying for another reason, but it was just again, if you want to read something that has been overly complexified, as Matt Kaiser or Max Kaiser would say. It's, it was just complexified so that most people couldn't read it. And and unless you're, but the guy that was the British Medical Journal editor, Dr. Joshi or Doshi, Doshi, I think was, and and one of my colleagues on the Frontline Doctors, who's a, a money guy and big, big numbers guy, they both came up with about the same number. And they said, no, this is, they're lying about the numbers. We even found that in other studies that they did, they missed, they they changed the, the the verbiage to make it like the number of miscarriages. They made it sound like it was not too high and it was horrible. But that's because they redefined what a miscarriage was. Okay. They 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 didn't, we don't, you know, we don't, we want to know how many pregnancies get to term. They had something like out of 360 in vaccinated pregnant women, they could only prove one live birth. Yeah, and then, but didn't the baby were, die after that? Yeah, I don't even know about that one, but I'm gonna say there were no. I know they can only prove one died. Yeah. Of, they, there were five people they didn't have accounted for that were still pregnant. They were still in the study. Most people dropped out. Why did they drop out? Because they probably had a miscarriage, but we don't know. Or they might have died themselves. Or they might have died. But but only they could only prove one live birth out of about 370 women in the study. That is horrendous. And yet they told pregnant women to go out and take this. And now we're seeing not only. Uh, so we, here's the agenda, I think. They killed off. They're killing off the old people that their, their immune systems are more uh, 
likely to go down with this. They're going to be damaged, and then they're more toxic to begin with, and so they're going to have trouble. So they killed. They want to get rid of the what they call useless mouth breathers. You know, uh, people. And this is you can see the 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 literature in our medical literature coming out of our people saying this over the last number of years. How you can reallocate health dollars based on your health on your on the worth of your life. Okay, so we know that they've had that goal for a long time. But the second part of this, I think, is a sterilization effect. I mean, I don't know about you, but I just don't see as many pregnant women. And and when you talk to people like Jim Thorpe, Christian Northrup, that made their life's work about pregnant women and taking care of them and how they're saying it's horrendous. And so you've got a three percent increase infant mortality rate. What we're seeing here is a demographic shift. And then you're having all these people come across our southern border who are not necessarily vaccinated because they don't care about them. So you're bringing in a replacement population is what it seems to me is going on here, by the way. But the, back to the children in Wuhan, I think what we're seeing is they some now they're saying they have mycoplasma, but mycoplasma is an opportunistic, for the most part, it's an opportunistic infection. You could be dosed with it. Now it could be in the vaccines. We saw that with the anthrax vaccines and with other vaccines. This was a What's the name of the book? It's something about the daylily. It's about these, There is. I, I read it, so it's a big book, but it's about these two medical bio-researchers, bio, bio biologic PhD types down in Texas. And um, they showed how all these people were coming down with all these weird autoimmune diseases and stuff and mycoplasma. And it turned out it was from these experimental vaccines that were being given to the prisoners and other people. And so could be, it could be in the vaccine. But I'm but then again, that would show up in adults. So I think we're still back to saying it's something. What do ch children do that we don't do? They go to school. So in my opinion, something's happening to them in the school. And what would be the most likely? The 5G towers that they put up right sure. around all the schools during the first during the rollout. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is I think that's what's going on. But in any case, if yeah. you do the things I said, you you know. If you, if you take your child out of school, if you start, if you take your do the detoxification, start parasite protocol, you know, get sunlight. Uh, if you if you don't live in a sunny, this is really key. And this is one of the big lies that they told us. Hmm. Why do you think they've had us slathering ourselves with sunscreen? Because yeah. it turns out that to that the real reason you get sick is that you're a big, you're, every cell in your body is a battery. And the way you keep from getting sick hmm. is that you push out the toxins using this battery being charged it it puts a charge around the toxins and it pushes it out of your system if you if you if you let your battery run down you can't do that you accumulate toxins you get sick and die so the people that die in the winter are people that have the least amount of infrared it's infrared sunlight or they don't go to a tanning booth or they don't go to an infrared sauna and they're getting toxins in their body so think about people in nursing homes they don't go outside they're getting a terrible diet they're not taking vitamin d because they don't give it to them and uh and most of them though, and 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 so they die in nursing homes, and they're vaccinating them. They're the first, you know, other than Native Americans, they're probably the first people that they push these vaccines on, and and so it shouldn't be surprised that old people die in nursing homes. You know, I told my son, by the way, who's a surgeon, I said, no, no, don't ever put me in a nursing home. You just put me because because when he was in, in medical school, he worked in, and had to go do drawing blood at a nursing home. He said, Mom, I'm never going to put you in one of those places. I said, I said, Nate, I Amen. said, no, you're not. You're going to put me on a cruise ship because it's cheaper. <laughs> It'll be less costly than going to a nursing home. And, and you'll have a lot more fun. Looking. You'll have a lot yeah, more fun uh, doing it. It's all you know, handicapped accessible. Hey, the doctors are better looking. It'll be great. Look, <laughs> high five to your son on that. And, you know, I tell that. We've got a we've got a dear lady who uh, contributes to Sons 
celebritymedia.com. She's a nurse. And, um, you know, her, her parents were sick and she cared for them. And she still yeah. does that. And she said, Tim, I can't, I'm not going to be able to contribute. And um, <clears throat> because I'm doing that. And I told her, I said, you're doing what you're supposed to do. That's the right. example. Taking care of mom and dad. Honor, honor your mother and father that your days may be long. This is the first commandment with promise, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We made mention of this this week. So, yeah, hi, you know, props to your, to your son for not doing that. I told my mom and dad, I don't want that to happen either. If we got to you know, move them in here with us, then we'll find a place to move them in here. If they got to have 24-hour care by somebody who knows what they're doing with all that stuff, then bring them here. That'll be a whole lot cheaper than what you're talking about in a nursing home. And then in the nursing homes, I've seen it with, with my grandparents who were put in there. They just treat them like they're garbage for the most part. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody working there. I, I know there are some probably some people who really care about those people. But for the most part, I just hear how they treat them. You see the videos that are hidden when nobody's looking, how they beat them, push them out of the beds, you know, oh, I know. don't change them, don't clean them. And it, it's horrible. And so people should be looking after their mom and dad. And, uh, and even in the best run nursing homes, yep. I'm just going to say, in all fairness to people that are good caregivers and do try, they are so strapped because the now it's a government third party payer. So for the most part, they're taking your Medicare dollars and putting it in the nursing home and things like that. And they don't have enough money to, and all the regulations made them very inefficient. You know, we used to have decent nursing homes, but they've regulated them out of business essentially. And now you're left with these government funded nursing homes that are horrible. And um, yeah, they, even the, even the guys that are trying to do a good job. It's hard in this scenario and, and, and much better off at home. I just, uh, that's not the way I want to end my life. And you don't have to. The point right. is they're lying to you about how you get there, you know, and uh, and and we can do better than that. We actually can do better than that. But people have to be proactive. Do not wait till you get sick. You need to do these things now. And if you go, actually, I have a thing on my, uh, I'm going to upgrade it. I'm going to do another video that's better. But I do have a short video on the five things you need to do. But um, it, one of the things, a simple thing to do to not get sick is to make sure you're getting sunlight. That was the point I was really starting to make. And that if you can't get sunlight, you know, even in, in, I used to live in Yuma, Arizona, sunniest city in America. Let me tell you, you can't get enough sunlight there to to get your D levels up for other reasons, but you can at least get enough sunlight to charge your battery. So if you can't go south for the winter, then you need to get in a, if you live like I do now in the Midwest, where there's not good sunlight in the winter, you got to, and we're all covered up, go to a tanning booth, or go to a, a, a get yourself an infrared sauna, or find somebody you can use because those things work. And 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 then avoid live by the sun cycle, and avoid toxifying yourself at a time when you can't get the infrared into you. In other words, don't don't go to your uh, meeting in the winter when you haven't been out in the sun for a long time, and then drink too much and hang out with your friends too much and stay up too late and not not think about what you're doing because that's how you get sick in the winter. Yeah, and, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a couple yeah. other things you made mention of EMFs. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the final word here. Uh, but you were talking about, you know, as people get older, and we learned this with the LifeWave stuff of our stem cells. So I, I know that's a big part of why God created it to work like that in the young kids because they're getting hurt. They're falling down. They're, they've got right. a, they, their bodies, you know, they're very resilient. They're like a cat. Uh, in many cases. And so, you know, we, we, that's why we've, we've talked about the LifeWave patch. People can go to wavelinkpatch.com. They can check that out. And then also the EMFs, our friend Corey Hillis, he's a mutual friend of ours, fixemfs.com, fixemfs.com. And you can go there and you can pick up some of those things, but I'm with you. I think we work proactively. One is giving knowledge. 
and helping people understand how they can resist this, uh, not necessarily politically, but just it, it health health. Uh, right. Healthcare is a, is a freedom. It is a freedom that we have if we'll learn and we'll apply that learning to what we're eating, how we're looking after our body, whether it's exercise, this, that, and the other. And I, I realized, guys, the scripture says exercise profiteth little, but that doesn't mean it doesn't profit you. It says it profits a little. Um, and so, you know, all those kinds of things are, are a way to be proactive. And I appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. So what I want to do is I want to give you the final word on this. Tell people about your website and then we'll close out the show. Well, I have, I'm at the medicalrebel.com and I'm also on Telegram at FreedomDoc1. And um, the and if you push that red bar, if you see that red bar on my on my site, that's where I have a lot of information. But right on the front page, you'll see a video on on parasite paradigm. You'll see uh, a video on uh, how how to how to get a religious exemption, do it correctly. How we can get you a religious exemption? And so far, people have done it. It's been a hundred percent. If you're in the right category, if you're an actual employed person, the EEOC protects you. So I've got a lot of good stuff on there. So go go enjoy that. I just redid my parasite protocol and I redid the chlorine dioxide, how I did it, um, protocol kind of thing. And so so we can get through this winter because the 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 only the only thing bad about winter is lack of sunlight. So make up for it and and get better sleep. Yeah. Amen. One of the things that I've learned in some of the things that I've been doing over the past, I don't know, four, five, six months uh, is trying to go with that sun thing. Of course, now that the clock's moved back, I can't go to bed at five o'clock, even though I want to go to bed at five o'clock. Why did they do that to us again? Why do they're throwing they're throwing us off every which way they can, aren't they? Every everything. If you look at it, it's not by accident. These people are not incompetent. Everything they've told us to do is wrong, including daylight savings. It just makes you, uh, they, they actually have studies in flies where if you screw up their, their sleep cycle, they die quickly. You know, they, they Do know we this. have Ben Franklin to thank for that? Is, that? is that who we have? I don't know, but but he was questionable some of his personal yes. habits too. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Dr. Lee, thank you so much for being with us. And we're going to have you back on uh, again, hopefully not as long in between. And we can have time uh, to, to go a little further. Uh, but because of the time constraints I'm under, we, we need to close out. But thank you for being with us. Stay, stay with us, and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern today, live from Michigan. And then uh, we'll be back with you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. See ya.